0: Hey y'all, welcome back to a Friday morning edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Friday, March 4th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast where yeah, I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas and I'm coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee uh, on today's show, just a one, uh, just one episode in your feed here on the Chase Thomas Podcast today. Stats by Will, uh, Stats by Will, Will Warren. Yeah, we talk all things college basketball at this time every week. So if you like our college basketball insight, please do make sure you go and uh, hit that subscribe button on the feed if you have not already done so. Um, We covered a lot. Biggest upsets this past week in college basketball, uh, the rise of Arkansas in the SEC, Uh, bubble teams right now. Who's in, who's out if the NCAA tournament happened today? Uh, Our number one seeds uh, at this point, The latest on the Tennessee Vols, news and notes, uh, the great Sakai Ziegler uh, response from uh, Vol Nation coming out and helping out Sakai with just a a really, really tough situation back home in New York, and Tennessee just did a great job all around uh, supporting uh, just the heart and soul of the tennessee volunteers this year um, and then we have wrap up of course with stats that have caught will's eye this past week in college basketball all that and more coming up on this edition of the chase months podcast uh, please do make sure uh, you leave us a five-star rating and a review on apple Podcasts, spotify or however you get your podcast helps other people find the show and helps other people can uh, helps other uh, aspects of the show and just helps it uh, continue to grow so please do make sure you leave this show a five-star rating and a review if you have not already done so, it would be great. Uh, don't forget, you can actually watch us as well. So, if you'd like to watch uh, any of the episodes of the Chase Thomas Podcast, just head on over to YouTube, youtube.com, type in the Chase Thomas Podcast, hit that subscribe button, uh, thumbs up on the videos, share them out, like them, all that good stuff. Uh, you can always email us. So, any college basketball questions or general questions for me, uh, Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at chase double underscore Thomas. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer And then of course check out the homepage, chase Thomas Podcast.com. Alright, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. <laughs> um, My nephew needs me to record. See, I hate I already hate it. I hate it. Alright, Chase Thomas Podcast is back. Stats by Will is also here. Will how are you doing i'm feeling good you know how i'm feeling like i'm i i'm in the pat mcafee look so for the good folks who are watching on youtube they're getting the chase sleeveless edition of the podcast but look this is what i did i ran like i just got back from my run and you know how we start every podcast will we have to start with our running in knoxville so shout out to run knoxville hit that hashtag every day to let the good folks know that uh you're not alone in the knoxville area if you're running guess what you're not alone because this podcaster right here is running. And the weather could not be more perfect in Knoxville, Tennessee. The sunsets, the views, we're not saying East Tennessee is where it's at, but we're also not not saying that. Will, how are you doing, buddy?
1: Doing pretty well, man. I I totally agree with you on the running. So this morning I went out in my run, a nice Mm -hmm. little 46 degrees right in my wheelhouse. Love a good, Mm -hmm. not too cold, but not warm morning. Mm -hmm. So it's nice and temperate. Uh, Just a little four and a half or nothing crazy, you know, getting out there, enjoying the weather. Uh, uh, There's that phrase or the meme on Twitter, you know, go outside and touch grass. And this is the perfect week of the year to do. So (laughs) feeling very romantic towards the environment these days, enjoying uh, all of it while we can before it is 93 every day in about three months.
0: I'm upset that the weather is this great and there's no Tennessee baseball here. They're playing Texas tomorrow night uh, in yeah. the whatever Big 12 tournament that they're doing. Um, but yeah, like the weather's been terrible for Tennessee games the last two weeks. And then, of course, right when they leave, uh, the weather opens back up. So, uh, you know, that's just how <laughs> how the cookie crumbles at some point. But it's there'll be more games. Spring.
1: Yeah, a, but you get false. This is false spring and then give it about three weeks and we'll get real spring back again.
0: Yeah. I mean, the other thing, too, is daylight savings time right around the yes. corner. I did not realize it. I look at the calendar and I'm like, that can't be right. It's daylight savings time really early March. And there it is early March. And that that's great for you and me, because mm-hmm. I don't like like I like the night running. I We're we're on the opposite. Like I love ending my day because especially the my best time to run is like in between my work day at Outsider to my work here uh, on the podcast tonight i need some sort of buffer i need mm-hmm. something to just uh, to break up that that part of my life and uh the running just clears my head it just amps me back up i don't even need any more coffee i don't need anything i've got all the all the juices flowing here and i'm feeling good man feeling great the weather like we talked about messed around and ran several miles uh, this evening uh i probably shouldn't <laughs> said that out loud uh sorry sports Renaissance Woman um but no it's great and uh yeah tennessee weather uh tennessee weather gods if you could keep this up for a little while longer i would greatly appreciate it will story time so our spot uh you know you know our spot the coffee spot down the street um it's we had a little bit of a, a fun situation last saturday so i popped in saturday morning and I was waiting for a little bit, but I'm I'm usually just hanging out. So, a uh, little story about me is that a I'm a creature of habit. Um, I think you know that by now. Welcome but to the at, club. yes, <laughs> yeah. I I need my I need my regiment. I need my routine. Like I absolutely need it every day. Um, to feel okay, and I I have my habit on Saturday mornings. I go to remedy, and I go in there, and I like after I get the coffee for. Uh, the sports renaissance sports renaissance woman to myself i will drive so I, I there's this route it's a really long route around the mountain to get back to our house but i don't listen to anything i just let tr- i sip on my coffee and i just ride and i think about the week i think about the day i think about the weekend i think about uh, just short-term stuff long-term stuff um it's like the most therapeutic part of my week most therapeutic part of my week i love it so much um I, I, again people joke that i'm like an 85 year old man i am very much like an 85 year old man in a lot of ways but this week got a little bit interrupted for two reasons one they closed down the road that i used to get around the oh. mountain so i had to like get back on the highway the only thing i could do was get on the highway and i'm like this isn't therapeutic this isn't what i needed to do no so stressful depending on yes. the time of day yeah so that was like something i was not expecting so hopefully that gets fixed because they didn't ask me they didn't ask the sports (laughs) renaissance man here in knoxville tennessee if this was okay like glenn jacobs didn't shoot me a text hey we're gonna be working on your road uh that you you use for your therapy on saturday mornings and we're gonna just throw a little curveball in there no no call no text no anything but before that guess what someone swiped my latte someone oh, no. at the counter swipe my latte well, They it was so sneaky because oh. i'd been standing there for a little bit and they asked me they were like looking at me like why is this dude still still here what are you doing and uh i was like oh I, i'm just waiting on another one and they're like they looked at each other and they walked over and they were like <sighs> someone took it and i was like oh yikes and uh yeah, so they had to remake it and it was like lattes are not easy things to remake. It's not just like drip coffee you can just put back in there. So they'd redo yep. that. So someone swiped my latte and uh, had to wait for that all over again. But then they offered me a free mocha and they really wanted me to take this free mocha and look, love the good folks over at Remedy. If you're in Knoxville, go shop at Limit Remedy and get your coffee needs there that's where i do my uh beans now so i do my weekday coffee they have some really good local spots some roasters that i i use there's there's this dark chocolate one i don't know if you've had that but it's is this
1: methodical or is this a different brand
0: uh it's not methodical it's a different one i can i should probably maybe i can put it on the pot. i could probably like hang it up somewhere um but it yeah i gotta i'll get my setup out too for my background yeah. <laughs> we should really do that. Just put our our cleats, our track cleats, and then we, we just it's, go. It's full. all
1: the stupid stuff I own. It's like this mug that I got mm-hmm. in Virginia. <laughs> uh You know, this huge monster mug I got off of eBay <laughs> of the Upper Peninsula. Yeah, uh these free uh, coasters from Adult Swim for the show Joe Para talks with you with the dog in. It. <laughs> oh my. God.
0: Okay, so that's yeah. been on my list. Is that great? Like I've heard yeah. it's good.
1: That show is amazing. It is okay. a top three show on television right now. Um, okay, so it's still going. Yeah, still going. They yeah. They just finished season three. But I'm sad to hear that, uh, that happened to you at Remedy. That is a well, can't, and, But no. especially sad that the road issue happened because I have a form of it myself. I go okay. every morning do before do? I start my day job. I go in the back porch and I just sit with coffee for 10 minutes. I time it out on my watch. I leave all my phone and everything inside. Come back in after 10 minutes. Start the day. So to have that, whenever you have that interrupted, whether it's a dog barking or yeah. you know, particularly loud bird or something, not always the most
0: fun thing. Are we just like the same person? Like, what? what is happening here? I, so. I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's what's happening here. Um, But, Will, we're going uh, uh, to. Oh, there was one last thing with the mocha. So they tried it yeah. and then we'll move on. I promise we'll talk college basketball folks. And they kept wanting me to take this free mocha because, like, I guess that was what the guy did. But I already had the two and I didn't want a mocha. And it was just like this awkward where I'm like, I I appreciate the nice thing, but like, I don't want the mocha and I don't want to carry three cups. So it was like, I understand that this is now free, but I don't actually want this thing and I don't want to hold this thing. So I don't know. That was it was a it was a weird Saturday morning. So hopefully it gets uh, you're going to like this. You're going to like this. You ready? You ready? Well, I hope it gets remedied this weekend. Uh, Do you have like a soundboard where I can boo? Just like click
1: the boo button over and over. I'm booing. I don't have the energy to right now, but I'm booing. I'm just
0: kidding. That was fine. Uh, I did what I could. I did what I could. Uh, Will Warren. So we have some college basketball we need to talk about on Mm -hmm. this podcast. Um, We have to start. uh, Biggest upsets this week. Uh, Shout out to the Indiana Hoosiers who are not going dancing uh, this March because (laughs) they lost on a buzzer beater to... Rutgers, and it's Ron Harper's son, isn't it? Isn't that Ron? Like That is Ron Harper's son, um, Mm -hmm. who it's the game winner, long to to beat uh, Indiana in Bloomington. Brutal loss for Indiana. Mm -hmm. Great win for Rutgers. We talked about them a lot on this podcast, but that's the one that jumped out to me. What was the upset for you that that jumped out the most?
1: It's a follow-up on the Rutgers thing. The thing that's kind of jarring watching them is every player looks 27 years old, (laughs) significantly older than the average college player. Like, Geo Baker Mm -hmm. should should be in, like, his 10th Euro League team by now. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, the upsets... So last Saturday was freaking awesome Mm because, you know, first time ever all top six teams lose, um, which was crazy. I don't think... I mean, you could sort of run back 50 seasons in a row and it'd be really hard for that all to happen on one day ever again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even with parity increasing, even with sort of these, you know stop and start seasons we've seen with COVID but I think the one you start with obviously is the number one team losing. St. Mary's dropping the road game to, or sorry St. Mary's winning the home game over Gonzaga. Uh, I don't think that negatively affects Gonzaga at all in my head. St. Mary's is just a really hard place to play. But what a huge win for them, uh, St. Mary's, because I think that pretty much, it's not like they they were locked into the tournament anyway so it wasn't a huge thing, but I mean, you go to my beloved bracketmatrix.com right now, St. Mary's highest six seed on the board. And that was Hmm. not the case a week ago. They're rising. I mean, they're in a position, especially considering the teams ahead of them are Texas and Alabama to where like we're could be easily talking about a five seed St. Mary's, even, you know, even if Texas and Alabama don't do anything bad, one of Hmm. those three teams, St. Mary's a lot hotter than the others. Uh, I, I don't know. They're an interesting watch where I don't feel like they're, I know they had like a fine offensive game against Gonzaga, especially considering the opponent. They're not generally that fun to watch offensively, They but they've changed completely what you would normally recognize about their program and that they've become a back-to-back top 10 defense. They are legitimately tough to score on and seeing how well they shut down Drew Timmy. Was both eye opening and a way of like, oh, maybe, you know, Gonzaga doesn't look as infallible as I thought they were. And two, if they're shutting down Drew Timmy, I mean, there's a lot of teams that are going to have a hard time scoring on them in March.
0: Well, it's also like, When I, we were wondering, like, if their best, like, what was going to happen when they were challenged with Holmgren and Timmy on the floor at the same time? That Mm -hmm. with premier talent, like, what happens when they can't play one of those two in crunch time um, against a really good team? And that's something that we're still going to have to see. And I don't know about you, but like, like you said, they're still going to be a one seed, I think, as long as they went out the rest of their games, they're fine. But, um, I do think that's it's a great thing about college basketball polling is that like all these upsets and then the same one two on uh the yeah, which is, is exactly
1: how it should have been. I mean, if the yeah. top six teams all lose and your next option is number seven, I just change as little as possible because it was clearly yeah. a once in a lifetime thing. So they did the right thing there.
0: For sure. For sure. Were there any other upsets for you? Um that are pretty shocking.
1: Yeah. I mean, one that I'll get out of the way that is like a minor upset, but should still be mentioned TCU beating Kansas. We'll get to, yeah. I want to get to Kansas more later in the pod when we talk about potential one seeds but huge win for TCU man like they I, I've always been a fan of Jamie Dixon's and I don't mm-hmm. hopefully he's not like a bad person. I've never looked to see if he's gotten canceled or anything maybe I should but either way I, I mean so, TCU's, yeah. TCU's fully locked into the field now I think they have no sweat for next Sunday. Uh, I mean they' they could potentially rise to like an eight seed which is mm-hmm. I mean you consider the history of TCU basketball that's quite the season. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they they even won one game in March. That's a pretty good little run. I mean, they haven't won an NCAA tournament game in quite some time. But the the two actual legit big upsets to me that I did not see coming, uh, Ohio State dropping one at home to Nebraska was a shocker uh, and pretty much eliminates Ohio State from any shot at a 4 seed or better. And then Alabama losing at home to Texas A&M, the two teams there – I think we can kind of group them together in some fashion because they're really similar. Both Mm. are very good offensively. Both have, I mean, well, Ohio State has Liddell, their star player. Alabama, I wouldn't quite say has a star player, but they're more well-rounded. But the problem is both are just terrible defensively. Ohio State 118th, Alabama 94th. And on nights where Alabama is not shooting 50% from three, they're not getting the stops necessary to overcome, you know, just a normal shooting night. I mean, I, I've been kind of waiting for the moment. And I think maybe this is sort of colored by the fact that they had that non-conference run where they beat Gonzaga and Houston back to back. I mean, you know, they lose they lose to Memphis. It doesn't look so bad now. You lose to Iona. That definitely doesn't look bad now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, all of the losses outside of Missouri and Georgia prior to I guess last night had been defensible in some way. Like nobody's going to be upset if you lose at Auburn. No one's really blaming you for losing to Kentucky, but to lose by 16 at home to AM, that is sort of the result that hammers in my head. Like, yes, I know anything can happen in March, but I'm officially jumping off the whole, you know, I wouldn't want to play Alabama thing because I know Alabama hmm. can get hot. I know that they can put together a really good performance from time to time. But, and I know that really the thing is they've played the toughest schedule in college basketball per Ken Palm, but they, it's just, you cannot have these losses and expect to be taken seriously. I mean, for it, was a minor miracle that they got back in the AP poll this week. And then to immediately do, to do this to an AM team, I think we would agree is not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not a good sign for March. I mean, it would have to be something where they drew like a terrible three seed for me to consider thinking of them as a sweet 16 option. And I'm not sure who that would be.
0: Nebraska getting a win there was huge, though. Like, Hoiberg yeah, needed that one, man. Hoiberg just needed that win so bad. And that's
1: inarguably more shocking, I would say. Yeah. I mean, because Nebraska awful. had been putrid. Prior, I mean, I know that they beat Penn State last weekend, but Penn State's not good. This is the, I think, the first, maybe the first ever top thirty Ken Palm win they've had under Hoiberg, which is a little surprising, considering like Tim Miles used to pick off one a year. Yeah, Um, but yeah, I don't know what to think of Ohio State. It's like they're a worse version, but the exact same team as last year, where it's Hmm. Liddell and then guys and. You know, if they're not cruising offensively, that defense is not gonna make up much. I mean, it's the I would be frustrated watching them if I was a Buckeyes fan, because frankly, I was really high on them preseason. I thought of them as like a top fifteen potential top ten team if things broke correctly, and they just have not fixed any issues, any of the major ones they had last year.
0: Well, let's talk about a team that doesn't really have any issues at the moment. Uh, it's the team that's now, I guess, the best in the SEC. It's Eric Musselman's Arkansas Razorbacks, who have really found their gear here late. Um, they're they're a really good basketball team. Obviously, beat Tennessee not too long ago. Um, things are looking good for for the Hogs. And uh, this was something from Hog Sports from the other day that caught my eye, which was which was pretty wild. Um, quote. Winners of 11 of 12, Arkansas has jumped back into the AP poll top 25, risen to third place in the SEC standings, and have leaped from number 93 to number 23 in net ratings uh, rankings to go from NIT bound to a team nobody wants to see in March Madness. Is there like a crazier rise out of kind of nowhere from like NIT, like this late in the year where it's like there's nothing scary about Arkansas to like okay, do we have to start talking to our children about a Final Four Arkansas team? Like, what uh, what do you make of all of that at the moment?
1: Um, They're interesting. I think I would actually take a minor amount of issue with the best in the SEC talk because, okay. one, they would have to have Auburn lose to get the 1C, but two... Well, I'm not talking the, about that. I'm the, just the, saying, tough like, thing, yeah. the tough thing is, like, you could say any of the top four on the right day are the best in the SEC. Like, if you look at Bart Torvik's site and you go to the last 10 games column, mm-hmm. there are four SEC teams in the top nine nationally over the last 10. Kentucky, five, Tennessee, six, Auburn, seven, Arkansas, nine. They're more or less equal. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, but the the point stands of like, it's crazy that we have seen them rise from a team that I was pretty much out on and thought of as an NIT side to, uh, to this. I mean, it, w- it would have been a good accomplishment for them to be like a 10 seed two mm-hmm. months ago. And we're now talking about them as like a real, they got a real shot to be like a four, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, if they win the SAT tournament, they could be a three. Uh, That's a great rise. And, you know, sort of whether or not they beat Tennessee on Saturday, it's, you know, if they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. But that's a it's a cool story, really fueled by the defense, which has been the fourth best nationally over the last 10 games. I have to admit that I do not find them to be the most enjoyable watch in the world. Uh, hmm. and Williams are really cool. Uh, Williams in particular, even though he does draw a lot of charges, which can be kind of annoying to the average viewer, his offensive game is very fun. I like watching him on offense a lot because he's been, uh, I mean, he might get some draft buzz, frankly, uh, but they're legitimately really good. Um, but the offense I'm still a little concerned about. I mean, they're, uh, 46th season long Ken Palm 55th over the last 10 games. That's not what you're really looking for from like a deep run team. Teams with great defenses have made deep runs despite poor offenses before, but uh, I would like to see them be a little more consistent offensively. I thought, you know, it was great for them to do what they did against Florida on the road, dropping 82 Uh, scoring 75 on UK is really good. Even scoring 77 on LSU is good. Um, But I need to see more specifically from their outside shooting. They are 299th in three-point percentage this season. So this is a team that I think of, frankly, as like a sweet 16 team. And I Mm -hmm. think, you know, if you're the one seed and they're your four, you're like, well, you know, I'm not really jazzed about this. Frankly, I wish we could have rather had Providence. Mm But maybe we'll get to them. I don't know. But uh, I, I like them. I think, you know, Musselman is still my perennial cringe coach of the year in the SEC for three years running because of his Twitter account. I on, just don't like Hold the on, hold post. on.
0: I'm pushing back on that. Until Will Wade is out of this conference, Will Wade is Cringe, is, so, the ca- is Captain Cringe. I'm not taking that title away from him.
1: Will Wade doing the photo shoot as General, uh, what is it, General Wade, General Will, something like that. That was an instant. He was the only coach I could find that shook Musselman For a little bit from number one, but now that Arkansas is winning again, and I know that Musselman is going to be posting his shoes and making some (laughs) cringe TikToks, uh, I think he's got this title locked up. But no, Arkansas is really good. Um, It so to me, it really speaks volumes about how good the top four is. That so, based on you know, we'll get to Tennessee later, but the SEC could break a variety of different ways in the top four for the seeding, and somehow drawing arkansas who's the ninth best team in the last 10 games is preferable to drawing either kentucky or auburn and for that to be a possibility really shows you how good these top four teams are
0: man yeah but hey it's funny that like when the SEC decided like we're gonna start caring about basketball a little bit more they're like all right we're just gonna take it over like acc Mm -hmm. goodbye like it was just one of those sleeping giants where it's like uh, once the SEC decided we're going to take basketball more seriously, we're going to also own that. So look out for that, guys. Um, yeah, Georgia,
1: Georgia's in the Rip Van Winkle stage, maybe permanently until. Well, they, let's uh, not
0: tempt the bear. Um, Let's not do that. There's because, no like, to
1: tempt there. Georgia Tech is the real bear. We all know this
0: that it wow will is just going after him today um i also <laughs> saw that like every georgia fan like really wants jarvis hayes i think or jonas hayes is it jarvis jonas who played hayes. there yeah because jarvis hayes played there and then mm-hmm. jonas hayes okay Um but the, the, yeah
1: jonas hayes is apparently a very good bigs coach like very good at developing bigs so maybe that's that could fine be part of it and he's good at recruiting atlanta supposedly so that's i can great. see it
0: not winning any games. Georgia's program, they've tried this before. I, I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, yeah. We're in everything school, so we don't have to worry about that here in <laughs> Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, let's talk about our bu- uh, our bubble teams. So, Will, who is in right now and who is out for you at the moment?
1: So, this is just from Bracket Matrix again, because I want to use this as a starting point. Last four in as of 7.57 p.m. March 3rd, 2022, mm-hmm. Year of Our Lord. Uh, Michigan, Loyola, Chicago, Memphis, and Indiana. And so, I mean, obviously the first one that's going to stand out to me in a negative light is Indiana. I would not have them in the field. And I think that, you know, as more brackets come in later in the week, you're probably going to see Indiana start to fall below that cut line. Mm. Um, But Loyola is a very interesting case where I think it was maybe three weeks ago I don't know if we mentioned it on here, but I had at least written it down. Of I was thinking of Loyola, frankly, as like an eight seed, maybe a nine. And I thought they're not like, you know, at that point, you're not fully locked in, but it's like 90% chance you'll be in. They, uh, I feel like the consensus might even be a little courteous having them, you know, third mm-hmm. in. Uh, I, they really need to win their conference tournament this weekend to feel okay. And they draw Bradley tomorrow and Bradley is not exactly an easy beat. So I'm... I'm interested to see how that breaks. Obviously, Michigan has got a lot of marquee games that can sort of make or break their run. Memphis, not so much, but Memphis has played so well over the last month, and uh, whether it's appropriate to say this or not, you can draw a direct correlation to when Emini, uh, Amani Bates went out for the season Yeah. Uh, to their better play. So I, I'm curious to see what happens there because... Uh, if you think of Arkansas as the four seed, you don't want to draw Memphis is probably the first four team that a six or five seed doesn't want to get because it's just, that's, that's a Michigan kind of fits in that category a little bit too, but Memphis has been hotter and it's been sustained. Michigan's is like, they either hit threes or they don't. Memphis is just back to locking teams down and that that's not a team I want to see if I'm a five or a six.
0: Hmm. Well, I don't know. Like how many tournament games does Indiana have to make, have to win for them to get back at like on the good side of the bubble? How many do you think without Uh, winning it?
1: Well, it's, it's tough. I don't think Indiana's, I think Indiana is a good basketball team that has had some, one, some poor luck in close games and two has just had poorly timed losses. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a team that was 16 and five, seven and four in the big 10 about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to have five back to back, you know, three of those close losses, it's tough. It just happens when the schedule happens. But, I mean, frankly, I'm going to assume, and, you know, I could be proven wrong here, that they don't beat Purdue Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, if that's the case, you know, I, I don't have in front of me where they would finish uh, in the Big Ten standings. But it looks like they'd be about the nine seed, more or less. Mm-hmm. So, you're looking at a situation where... Uh, you've got to beat the one seed to at Mm. least get on the right-ish side of the bubble. I mean, I don't even know if that would there, you know, when I look at them, they actually make me think a lot of the, one of the John Beeline Michigan teams that beat one seed, Indiana five or six years ago. And that Mm. propelled them to the first four game. That could be Indiana and Wisconsin is, you know, beatable in some fashion. You know, they nearly beat them both times, but, I don't know. That's, it's tough because I feel like Indiana's played some really great games, but mm-hmm. at the same time, they just do not have the wins to pack it up. And ultimately, what we care about are wins and losses.
0: Who do you think is on the good side of the bubble right now that falls into the bubble watch of like, oh, this could actually get bad for them in a hurry? Who, who fits that bill for you?
1: Xavier. Xavier Ooh. is in a real precarious position right now where, I mean, I – I can. Uh, this is you know, sort of having to run through a memory bank, but I I know as of like January nineteenth, yeah, fourteen and three, four and two, Big East. I was thinking of them like four or five seed. I was looking at them as like, yeah, this is this team is about as good as I thought they would be preseason. They're you know like borderline top twenty or whatever, and they have completely collapsed. Uh, I mean it's obviously one thing to lose on the road to the good teams in the big East. Like when you're losing to Seton hall or Marquette or Villanova, nobody cares. Like that happens if you're, you know, like a 30th best team or whatnot, but mm-hmm. getting blown out by St. John's, uh, losing at home to DePaul, mm-hmm. losing by 16 at home to Seton hall. All of that is really bad. I mean, and you kind of look at that Providence game on the road last week, uh, You know, triple overtime, amazing game, of course. But if just one basket falls a different way, Xavier is probably not sweating out Selection Sunday no matter what happens the rest of the way. Because if you beat a team that's currently projected to be like a four seed on the road, you're in a good spot. But I mean, I think Xavier is in right now. I would say they're sort of like a low 10 or a high 11, depending on where you look. Mm -hmm. But I mean... Considering first four teams usually come at about the eleven or the high twelve line, I mean, one you have to beat Georgetown this weekend if you're them, and two you mm-hmm. cannot lose your first Big East tournament game. Uh, I I think I don't know. That's a that's a team where it's just has something has gone south, and I can't pinpoint exactly what. But they mm-hmm. are a completely different and far worse team than they were a month ago, and that usually does not bode well for you know favorable tournament odds
0: yeah well we'll have to see what happens here um but i don't know it'll be interesting well let's talk about the one seeds will Mm -hmm. who are your one seeds right now i think three
1: of them are relatively easy picks i would say i think gonzaga's an obvious one gonzaga's gotta be Mm -hmm. it um i think baylor is pretty close to locking one up I think that they're going to end up a one again. I mean, we could be in the pretty funny position where number one and number two overall are Gonzaga and Baylor for the second year in a row. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: it wouldn't, I mean, that's kind of what we thought preseason, frankly. And then Arizona, I think is still there, but number four is a real choice. Um, I think there's four teams still in it. You know, maybe there's like a Texas tech late run or something that changes this, but uh, I think it's going to be Kentucky, Auburn, Duke, or Kansas. Hmm. I would get. I think if you just went straight resume, straight wins above bubble, uh, which is a way of you know measuring how well you've performed versus how well an average bubble team would have performed against your schedule, Kansas hmm. would be the final one seed right now. But they rank worse than all of the other options in the metrics, and hmm. we know the committee likes net a lot. We know that they are going to look at that pretty heavily for. Seating purposes. Um, I think so. there There's three paths here. One, if Kansas wins the Big Twelve tournament, they're a one seed. I don't think that's going to be a sweat. But if Kansas doesn't win it, uh, you're hoping if you're a Kansas fan that one, neither Kentucky nor Auburn win the SEC tournament, and two, Duke doesn't win the ACC tournament. I know the ACC is god awful this year. I know that it's honestly the worst major conference this year, mm. but I mean Duke winning out and you know, sit coming into March at a I think it would be thirty and four, that mm-hmm. would be pretty hard to say no to as a one seed. So you're you're kind of hoping like Kansas either takes care of business or if Kansas at least makes it to the Big Twelve title game, that could be enough if the loss is to Baylor. But I don't know.
0: Well, we shall see. We shall see. Is there any number, not number one seed right now that you think is your favorite to slide into that? Who do you think who's not a number one right now? Do you feel the best about being able to do that?
1: Um, uh, not many. I mean, I I think, like I said, I think it'll end up being Kansas, but if you're looking for a real dark horse pick, yeah, um, Tennessee, yeah, God, that would be great. It, it's got to be one of two. I think if Wisconsin somehow won out, um, they it, it's weird because I've got sort of capital T thoughts on Wisconsin as a <laughs> uh, team this year. Um, but it would be really frankly really hard to turn down a team that's 28 and five, 16 and four in the big 10 and big Ten champions from the one seed if the other if like Kansas didn't win Kentucky Auburn and whatnot
0: uh, and they have a player literally built for March. They just have the most yeah. March play, star player of all time.
1: And then Texas Tech could do it if they win the Big 12. But I, I think the fact that they would be entering with seven losses versus Kansas at most having, you know, seven, six or seven in that case. Or Kentucky, for example, having six, Auburn having five. Um, I don't think they could get it. But Wisconsin, it would, it would require a sell for sure. It would mm. require like the committee to overlook net in a way where Wisconsin doesn't rank out too favorably. But, I mean, if you were just looking at straight-up wins and losses, you would think, oh, yeah, Wisconsin's... I mean, if you were just looking at that, you would say, why isn't Wisconsin the highest two seed right now, for example? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It's going to be a really tough case down to the wire because I think you've got three relatively decided, but the fourth is... I mean, the fourth may not be decided until that Big Ten title game finishes 10 minutes before the bracket is revealed.
0: Well we'll see we'll see um it's time for your tennessee notes mm-hmm. well it's time for america's favorite segment it's will <laughs> on the tennessee volunteers will the floor is yours um also well actually hold on the floor is not yours just yet shout out to the tennessee volunteers fan base for coming through in a major way immediately yes. for zakai ziegler um if you have not uh, read about what happened um gofundme's there uh he his family's home burned down up in new york uh over the past week and lost everything and uh it was a brutal moment i think his mom's here now his mom's down mm-hmm. in Knoxville. Yep, so, uh, tough week obviously uh and just a brutal situation for zakai and he's been the lifeblood of this team anyway like he's been just so much fun uh for this Tennessee team all year long like he's our family's favorite player like I think he's every Tennessee <laughs> fan's favorite player at this point yes. um he's the little engine that could he's just so much fun and I, I can't like part of the reason I think we all invest in Sakai is that we just know that he's going to be here for a long time so mm-hmm. you're okay just being like this dude's going to be a great player for Tennessee for as long as he can be here he's going to be a ninth year senior on this team at some point um go the folky route but yeah. I uh I it just great stuff man. I just it was it warmed my heart to see that Tennessee and the Knoxville fans came through and immediately just uh poured out all kinds of just not not just financial support which is great um and goes a long way but also just like backing him immediately uh was really cool to see and i know he he appreciated that so now the floor is yours but i just wanted to shout out the tennessee fan base for that
1: well i i think that's kind of sort of important context to how the season has gone is so i mean you think about october november and we were discussing this team and zakai was sort of thought of as this I mean, frankly, he initially was brought in as an emergency backup for Kennedy Chandler in case Chandler had to miss time with injury or was in foul trouble or whatnot. It wasn't like, I mean, that first game, the uh, preseason game against Little Ryan, I recall uh, Zaki playing, I think, eight minutes. And that Mm -hmm. was sort of the general expectation was he'd be like a five to 10 minute guy. Uh, I mean, like you know, you had the beat writers sort of saying, like, this is the guy that is going to, you know, open your heart, Tennessee fans and whatnot, which, you know, you kind of take with a grain of salt because I remember reading two years ago that Olivier Kamwa was the next Grant Williams. And so you just, you know, when the writers say something, you're like, okay, but I got to see it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, as we enter this final weekend of the season, we've seen it in spades with uh, with Zakai. I think it's not just it's not just the backstory, which is obviously amazing. This kid who, you know, rode trains and avoided train conductors just to make it to basketball practice, you know, moving around all the time in New York city, which is not a cheap place to live, you know, struggling, his mother struggling through unemployment and him, you know, not really having real basketball interest until he made an appearance at Peach Jam in Tennessee just happened to catch it. I mean, it, you know, the, uh, the thing that's beautiful about it is, it's sort of what we all dream of when we see basketball players come from less than great situations. And, you know, as a white person, I feel very, very privileged in, you know, how I grew up and how uh, I was lucky to have the things I have. And a lot of these young men that play at these programs don't have that. And, you know, they're the first place of support they may experience, you know, beyond like their own mothers are these fan bases. And for Tennessee's fan base to show up in that way it sort of encaps- ca- encapsulates like this team as a whole for me where, you know, November we were sort of feeling things out and you're sort of, you're coming off the low of losing to 12 seed Oregon state. who's really had a hell of a season this year. Uh, great way to follow up on that guys. Uh, but uh, I mean, and you get to January and you lose by 28 rep and it's just like, you know, that uh, you kind of, you remember how the NCAA series had super sim and you could mm-hmm. simulate to the end of a game really quickly? That was how I was starting to feel about the season. And you're in the sort of, you know, not to be the protagonist of history here, but you're in the sort of place where you, you, you I don't want to keep watching the games. I don't want to keep writing about it. I don't want to keep talking about it because it's just the same thing. It's like every mm-hmm. year we do this. Every year the team is like good but not great. Every year there's just not that player that I can get attached to. And it was Admiral on that 2018-19 for me. And it was, you know, guys like J.P. Prince on the Elite Eight team or Wayne Chisholm or whatnot. But it didn't feel like last year's team had that. And I didn't feel like I was going to have that this year. And Zakai and to a lesser extent, you know, Kennedy and Santiago, feel like they've provided these little pockets of joy as a fan. And I know that I'm supposed to be the sort of somewhat objective journalist that tries to be objective. Mm. But it, it's hard to do that when, you know, It's not been like the most fun 2022 so far you have, like I've had personal events I've talked about, but I've also, I mean, there's like a global crisis going on. COVID is still going on. And I, you know, you look for these little pockets of escapism to find every week that you can just get lost in for a couple of hours at a time. And Tennessee basketball has been that. And Zakai Ziegler has been the leader of that because he's just different. He's built, Different in a way where, you know, maybe he's not statistically the best player in the team, but I don't care. Every time he shoots, I get excited. Every time the ball is in his hands, I perk up. You know, every time he comes into the game and it's him and Kennedy, I'm like, all right, let's go. This is the lineup. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, it would have been one thing for them to sort of do the usual, you know, be like a good, not great team. But we're entering this final weekend of the season where Tennessee can go 14 and four in sec play, which would be one of the best records they've ever posted in program history. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know that they've had some performances that have looked sloppier than others. I know like scoring 48 at Arkansas is pretty, that sucked to watch, but Mm -hmm. I mean, growing up watching this program under Buzz Peterson and, you know, sort of making it through the Konzo and Tyndall wilderness years, you you sort of gain an appreciation anytime there is this little unique pocket of happiness that comes with, you know, wins are nice, but it's the players that you get really attached to. And I felt that was Ziggler this year. And I know this is turning into a rant, but no, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's it sort of helped me rediscover why I became a fan in the first place. You know, like I, I've become to this point a little tranquil with March Uh, You know, I understand like Rick Barnes, not a great March coach statistically, Uh, but I mean, even with that being said, we, they've accomplished so much, they've won so many games and they've provided me with such an amount of joy this season and that escapism that I mentioned, just wonderful to get away for two hours, twice a week and watch them run a steamroller and run over opposing offenses and they get stuck in the mud and I don't know. It's. I imagine that this is how Grizzlies fans felt about Tony Allen and Zach Randolph. It's how I feel about watching this team. And that concludes my rant. And I think they will beat Arkansas on Saturday by Ooh. six points. Precisely okay. six points. A nice close game, one that you can sweat through. And uh, good thing it's early, so I can just go enjoy the rest of my day, win or lose.
0: I um, I don't know. So Kennedy, like when he when he runs the pick and roll when he gets aggressive it's a different thing for tennessee it's an element that we sorely will need come tournament time like that is something Mm -hmm. that like i don't know we'll see what happens but he i was looking at because i was curious i was like where is he popping up on draft boards right now and he's the end of the first round on a lot of stuff that i'm looking at and i'm like keon was kind of in the same spot but i think keon was seen as more of like he's for sure, like he's probably a borderline lottery guy just because he can jump out of the gym and just because people just assume there's untapped potential there because of the clunkiness of our offense last year. It was just that, like, we can't look too much into it. You put him into an NBA scheme, he'll figure some stuff out. I love Keon and I miss him. And I just wonder, If you're Kennedy, man. Now that NIL is a thing. Like if I'm Rick Barnes, I'm talking to Kennedy. I'm like, I I don't know. Like, are you with me where I just, I look at my notes and I'm like, there are, he has a lot of growing to do, man. Like he has a lot of growing to do. And I look, your players should do whatever they feel, but Kennedy Chandler might need to consider coming back at least for one more year. He seems like a guy who could really use some more polishing and some more, some more play. Cause like, I don't know. We see it in spurts. Like he's a very inconsistent player. Like we see it in spurts. The most frustrating thing about Kennedy Chandler is his free throws. Like If you could explain to me why this play like Kennedy's got a great smooth stroke, like he's a great shooter, like he is. He has great touch around the rim. He should be, by all accounts, a great free throw shooter. That man is a terrible free throw shooter. And if we get in a situation where we need Kennedy Chandler because he's getting he's attacking and getting fouled late and we lose a game in the tournament by four because Kennedy Chandler missed four free throws. I'm going to lose my mind because (laughs) that is something that I am already forecasting. Can you explain it? Like what is, what is this? But that two parts, well, so, here, which yeah. there was, is, there is some broadcast. Uh, it might've been a Tom
1: Hart and Jimmy Dykes one where their theory was Chandler leans, leans back too far when he shoots hmm. the ball. And that is causing them to all be short. Cause you notice a bunch of them are short. Yeah. Or, you know, they, or he's overcompensating and hitting them, you know, off the back iron. And mm-hmm. it, it, I have started looking for it in games and subge- I don't have like an objective way of doing this, but subjectively it does seem to go in a little more when he leans in, when he stays hmm. forward with it, leans into it. Uh, Cause you know, in the season he's at 63%, which is yeah. kind of pretty bad for a point guard. I mean, mm-hmm. point guards, you're generally thinking are going to be like 80% guys. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it definitely helps that you have Ziggler shooting eighty eight percent, but uh, if if Chandler can sort of figure that out, and it does seem to me that he's been practicing it more frequently lately, like in the warm ups before games, he takes several, and so hmm. I've, I've wondered if that's been a point of emphasis if late kind of like, needs to be, but I, I I don't know, man. It's it's tough because that's that's a flaw, and then I, I don't love how much he shoots uh or how bad he is at floaters i would say i yeah. don't feel like those go in very often it was a little miraculous at the one against sovereign Did
0: it's the reverses that i feel way more comfortable with it's weird but he's like more comfortable in traffic where he's having to go up and under like he's really comfortable with the up and under but floaters like you said it, he's not his thing he's not a john fulkerson with the floater game <laughs> it's not really his he's, uh, no,
1: he's no euros with the floater
0: no, that's more of like a putt, a shot putt. Um, uh, I was
1: watching them warm up before one game and Euros is attempting floaters from the free throw line. I'm just like, just shoot it. Stop being strange.
0: If it's not broken, don't uh, don't fix it, man. Um, yeah. We'll end on this. Stats by Will, it's in your name. What stats in college basketball jump out to you over the past week? What do you got for me? I've got America? a couple.
1: So I'm going to do... So I, I got curious about this a couple of mm-hmm. days ago. Um, Maybe you've seen this certain team that wears red and white, plays in the Big Ten, makes a bunch mm. of big shots to win games. Uh, maybe you've seen this team that wears black, brown fish and white, uh, plays in the Big East, has won a bunch mm-hmm. of close games this year. Uh, they're named Wisconsin and Providence, if you couldn't tell. Do you say brown for Providence? I, I'm having trouble remembering. My, it's black, right? Black yeah, and
0: white? black and gray. and yeah, but there's some sort of brown in the logo, isn't there? Dude. Do- no just probably you're just thinking of dunkin donuts coffee there's no way i, th- I think
1: i'm thinking of the arena itself
0: <laughs> and that's Hold what I've gotten
1: con- i'm uh, colorblind
0: but way. i don't see okay so the older one like the old pc fryers, that might be maybe. what i'm thinking of the more like the vintage, vintage one
1: okay. yeah because
0: they, they had something with that on it recently yeah um and they also have the scariest mascot in uh in yeah, college basketball
1: no clemson's eight ball guy is pretty scary too
0: okay well yeah, that's that's fair but
1: Anyway, Wisconsin's 24th. Providence is 33rd. I bring this up because there are three and four seeds in the matrix right Mm. now. And so, naturally, when you see a three seed that's playing like roughly a six and a four seed like roughly a nine, I got curious and I was thinking, you know, okay, what are the lowest rated three and four seeds since Ken Palm has existed and what did they do? And so, I narrowed it down to, you know, teams that finished below outside the top 25, uh, Wisconsin's 24th, but they're relatively close. And so I guess this is more of a provenance analysis, but Wisconsin can be included too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So 2002 onward. Uh, so 19 tournaments, 17, three and four seeds have finished outside the Ken top 25. Hmm. Uh, would you like to guess how many of those made it past the sweet 16?
0: Not many. Is it zero?
1: it is zero
0: okay
1: none of them and would you like to guess how many made it out of the round of 32 one two so 2006 Mm. gonzaga because they had adam morrison and then 2017 butler did but they were 26 and they went 13 seed then
0: 12 seed can we pause for a second and talk about you just said 2006 adam morrison was that yeah. 16 years ago, Will Warren? Was that 16 years. years ago?
1: They show, they show that man every time on the sideline doing the radio broadcast for Gonzaga. And he has, I've never seen an emotion on his face. He always looks very calm, which is not how I remembered him from his playing days.
0: Well, to be fair, that's how I am. I am a crazy competitor in basketball on the court. But you off the court, I'm pretty chill. Like I, I think yes. there's a, there's a lot of guys like that who are wired differently. When the ball, when the, the balls in their hands, and when the the competitive juices are flowing, they're a different person. A different person comes out. It might it's just fair. be Adam Morrison. Could
1: be it could be brother Adam. Uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm looking at it, and you know, I think that these two teams have had really good seasons. I don't think. Mm-hmm. If you're a Wisconsin fan or a Providence fan, don't listen to Nerds Like Me. Don't read KenPom.com. Enjoy your season. It's been really cool. And I'm jealous of all the wins you've had, frankly. Mm -hmm. But that being said, the metrics are the metrics for a reason. And they've been this accurate for a long time for a reason. And Mm -hmm. it's why I continue to have a really hard time, less so with Wisconsin, because like you mentioned, Johnny Davis is that elite player for March Mm -hmm. purposes. But I just do not see it with Providence. And the fact that they did end up going 0-2 against Villanova, I know like the games are close, and frankly, the fact they were that close on the road against Villanova improved their metrics. Mm. But I'm I'm not seeing it. I mean, would it be a really cool story if either or both went far? Sure. But if they ended up if either ended up in the sweet sixteen, I would frankly be a little surprised.
0: Interesting. Um well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think you have a vested interest in Wisconsin's failures, though. I, I'm just going to uh, say.
1: I think that uh, Brad Davison should be mm-hmm. jailed for general crimes, <laughs> uh, such as basketball. Mm-hmm. Shooting. What did he shoot last year on twos? It was like 17% or something crazy. <laughs> That's a crime in itself. It was what, what an awesome reverse split. It was like 17% on mid-range jumpers and 40% on threes. <laughs>
0: Your cat? Okay, that was yes. wild. She, he or she? He. He, he was, uh, he was dangling off the edge there. That was amazing. And I was concerned. But then I remembered, <laughs> oh yeah, their cats aren't dogs. They can just dangle off the edge. Like she was floating down the, down the thing and was just seeing how far she can go without actually jumping off uh, the, uh, the chest of drawers there.
1: He loves taking absolutely forever to jump from one thing to
0: the other. He ponders okay. for about
1: a solid minute. And then he's like, oh, well, yeah, we just saw it. Do this. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. His name is, um. it's the Harry Potter character. It's uh, adult- Cedric. Uh, Cedric, yes.
1: Yes. I had to explain this to somebody recently by informing mm-hmm. them that Robert Pattinson was in a Harry Potter movie, which made me feel very old because they didn't know.
0: How old was that person, though? Older than me. Oh, I don't know. I think we're just so like, in, like right?
1: 35, not crazy old.
0: Okay. Huh? Did people not know that? Do people not all? I thought that was just something the collective world just all watched and read together. It, it is yeah. weird when I meet someone who's like, I never read the books. And um, I don't know, I just uh, growing up, I, I just I could not imagine I could not imagine. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I did not expect to end this podcast on uh, Harry Potter and cats, but <laughs> well, it's well, always... when you give
1: me a ten minute detour to talk Tennessee basketball, it's there's not many more <laughs> lanes for it to close on.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Stats by Will. Go to statsbywill.com if you're not already done. So, uh, is preview my opponent coming out tomorrow for Arkansas? Is it up now? Is it up? On... It's not up now, right?
1: No, comes out yeah. tomorrow. This so because Tennessee literally played this team fourteen days mm-hmm. ago. It'll be very short, but okay. Um, yeah, no, lots of good stuff coming uh sec tournament odds and Mm -hmm. such will be up saturday night as soon as the last game goes final
0: there you go there you go all right well stats by will always a pleasure my friend thank you so much for making the time and uh i will talk to you next week yes
1: thanks for having me on
0: All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Chase Thomas podcast with Mr. StatsbyWill. Go check out StatsbyWill.com if you have not already done so. Uh, Also give him a follow on Twitter at StatsbyWill on Twitter. So do that today. And if you like listening to Will and myself talk all things college basketball each week at this time please do make sure you go and leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however your podcast tells us why you like the show, uh, why you like uh, listening to Will and I talk all things college basketball, so other people can find the show and uh, give it a chance as well uh don't forget you can email this very program at chase thomas podcast at gmail.com uh, follow me on twitter at chase double underscore thomas like the facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer and then of course watch us on youtube yeah youtube the chase thomas podcast hit that subscribe button like um uh, share it out all that good stuff and uh, yeah, all right. New episode coming to you guys tomorrow because yeah, it's a daily show. And big guest this weekend. I, I'm not going to spoil who it is, but we have a big time guest coming up on uh, Sunday, so watch out for that in the in the Chase Thomas podcast feed. All right, talk to you guys soon, Uncle Derek. How would I do?
1: Nicely done, nephew.